Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this Monday night, late Monday afternoon. With that, Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Elliot, what's going on? So Marcus and I were talking today. There's not a lot going on in the football world. Uh, Some small stuff. No, the Jets and Packers still haven't made the deal. Yes, there's about a million puff pieces out there about the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo being a great fit. Um, Alan Lazard says he's fine with the Jets and Rogers trade taking forever because it's going to happen anyway, or at least that seems to be the uh, thought process. Am I missing anything here? Uh, we're starting to get reports about players being in the best shape of their lives. It's one of my favorite storylines of the uh, off yeah. season. Oh yeah. Uh, my favorite is how many balls hit the ground in practice. That's my favorite, but uh, yeah. Got your landing spots for Lamar Jackson, you know, sure. pro days. Like a, we get, but Hey, days. this guy, had the best pro day I've ever seen. You know? Well, one of the best pro days ever was this prospect I was telling you about that you don't believe existed. I told Marcus about this guy named Cruciferous Chalkmond. Uh, <laughs> he's a great player. And I just can't believe you've never heard of him. Yeah. You know? It didn't grade out very well at PFF last year, but it's fine. He played a uh, semi-pro ball, you know. Uh, All right, we, we got to get into actual stuff because this is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is one of the things that we did talk about, which led to a hearty disagreement, was Ezekiel Elliott. So, if you guys haven't seen, Zach Taylor came out and said the Bengals are fine with the team they have right now. Uh, then Jets GM Joe Douglas said that they, uh, you know, they're good at running back. Not to mention, it didn't sound like the Jets running backs themselves <laughs> were that, uh, I don't know what the word is, eager to bring Zeke Elliott into the mix. Uh, so that left the Philadelphia Eagles. And I believe Howie Roseman, didn't he? Didn't you tell me he said yeah, also they're, that they're basically, he, we're good at running back, is what Howie said. So those were the three teams on uh, Zeke Elliott's list. Now, I thought the Eagles and Bengals might be good fits, especially the Bengals. Uh, The Jets, not so much. But the weird thing about this to me is how a guy goes from being a top-level player to a good player to a mediocre to a player to a player that everyone just kind of snides and snickers about how the guy isn't going to be playing anymore or his last play in a Cowboys uniform was him getting blown up at center. And it's just a rant, a weird random thing to me in sports and in football. And I don't really like it, but the first thing I want to say is, you know, Marcus, I have a hard time believing that Ezekiel Elliott has zero value in today's NFL. So the guy that ran for 870 something yards last year, a lot of touchdowns, Plays really tough. Plays in pass pro. Explain this. That's just what happens to running backs, right? Like once you get past a certain age, um, you just lose value. And the further that we get from Zeke's peak, the harder it is going to be for teams to roster him. On top of that, Zeke is no longer a player that 
can be a workhorse back. Um, so that means he needs to be a part of a committee, but he doesn't really do a lot in the passing game. So he needs to be like your number two or number three back. And typically that guy has to play special teams, which Zeke doesn't do. So I just don't think there's a lot of interest in adding Zeke right now. On top of this, teams want to see how the young players are progressing through the offseason. They want to see what the draft, you know, what what happens in the draft. Uh, they want to see those guys in mini camps and an OTA. So I, I've got a feeling Zeke and another running back, uh, Leonard Fournette, are going to have to wait a while to find their next home. Isn't there any part of you that finds this a little bit strange that a guy can go from being so not only well-liked his first couple of years to to being essentially an MVP candidate to literally he's only been in the league seven years. And there's two different sides to this for me. Number one, I don't think that running backs just wear out. I don't. I don't believe in that. I think it's – I don't think the data is there to support that. And uh, number two, that fans – it's kind of like there seems to be this weird thing where fans, uh, maybe I'm speaking specifically of cowboy fans, are like, yeah, kind of like good riddance um, kind of mentality when just a few years ago everyone was buying his jersey. And that's an odd flex to me. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I think I'm just used to it because this is what happens now at the running back position. Take a guy like Le'Veon Bell, right? Le'Veon Bell has this awesome 2017 season, uh, you know, totals 2,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns, sits out the season in 2018. So you would think, you know, come back at the age of 26, have a great year for the Jets, and he's out of the league basically a year later. Same thing happens to Todd Gurley. So I just think we're kind of used to once guys hit age 26, 27, that's it. Okay, so that, that kind of is a separate topic. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But for me, it's more that why care about any of these players if we're not going to give a crap about them three years later? So my well, example... I mean, what do you mean not care about them? The, like, Okay, so like, so like one of the things that I don't like with the Zeke Elliott situation is I think that Ezekiel Elliott played hurt for the Cowboys. I think in 2021 in particular, he was obviously hurt. He was limping off the field against Washington and then going back and he played. It's like he was playing on one good knee because the Cowboys needed him. They needed him and he played. So the Cowboys use the guy up. They play him hurt. And, you know, maybe it looks like he's recovered, but you don't recover the same burst. And if you have an MRI of your joint at, at 50 years old, your joint may look totally healthy, but you're not gonna have the same explosion that you did at 25. That's not the kind of thing that's going to show up on an x-ray or an MRI. And the point I'm trying to make is even though Zeke may seem healthy right now, being played so much when you're banged up can limit your effectiveness and limit your ability to ever be that player again. I think Zeke did play hurt for the Cowboys. And now if he is used up, it's just kind of odd. It's like, okay, and I think for a lot of fans, it's like, well, he made a lot of money, so, you know. Well, let me ask you the, the alternative. Let, let's say mm-hmm. in 2021, Zeke shuts himself down halfway through the season. Yeah. Is that better or worse for him? Better. Why? 
better because if there is a chance that he can regain some of his explosion, I'm not saying regain being 2016 Ezekiel Elliott, but regain some of the explosion. I mean, to contrast, when Dak Prescott got hurt in 2020, he gets shut down. When Dak well, Prescott I mean, got to be hurt, fair, in, that was it was an injury where he had no choice better to be shut down. Okay, 2022, he got shut down. You know, there's something different about the running back position, and especially when a guy's making a lot of money. And you mentioned this on the phone that the Cowboys were smart to squeeze every every drop they could from the player. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that Zeke was also smart in the way he and his angel a- agent handled their contract max value. But all that Zeke cost the Cowboys was money in cap space. What the Cowboys may have cost Zeke is the ability to have a football future and livelihood, like in, in or just like literally some physical health. It's it's I think it's it, really it's, tough. It, it, it's a fine line though, because if you're if you're the Cowboys, do you just you paid Zeke a lot of money? Do you just not use him if he's if he's not feeling a hundred percent? You just not put him out there. I think the position he plays and the way that we look at running back, we shove them out there when they're not healthy in a way that we don't do with receivers and we don't do with quarterbacks. Julio Jones missed so many games with soft tissue injuries that Zeke would have played, I bet. You know, I remember Akeem Nix was a fantastic player who missed so many games with the Giants for soft tissue stuff. It just bothers me that a player puts it out on the line for a team and yes, he's getting paid a lot of money, okay? I'm acknowledging but, he's getting paid a lot of but money. But to use the Hakeem Nix analogy, Hakeem Nix, because he had so many injuries and because he missed so much time, never got a big payday. Like, he never got that second contract. If he was able to play through some of the injuries, some people would be like, you know what? He's 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 been durable, even though he's been banged up a little bit. We're willing to give a chance to that guy. But because he missed so, missed so much time, he never got a big second contract at all. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I, I'll make that concession. I'll say this, though. I like for a lot of the people, they're like, yeah, the Cowboys should have gotten rid of Zeke a long time ago. He sucks or whatever. We should play Pollard. We shouldn't even bring Zeke back. All that stuff. I wonder how they'd like it if they, at their job, went into work sick three weeks in a row, did the very best they could with COVID symptoms or flu symptoms or whatever, whatever they had, Okay. And then the company brought somebody else in and said, you know, you just really haven't done that good a job the last three weeks. And you're like, but I've been playing sick. I've been working sick. Yeah, that's that's tough and send you on your way. And it just seems like, you know, um, I, I just wonder, what does it matter? Like, what does it matter for a guy like Zeke to essentially have an MVP level year like he had in 2016 if fans are just don't even care if he's like, ah, oh, scrap heap him five or six years later, that's just not the kind of football that I grew up on. You know, like we, we loved Tony Dorsett, for example, and Tony Dorsett is considered, you know, a Cowboys legend, but it seems like today because players change teams because they're not relevant for your fantasy team anymore or whatever it is. It's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, see you later. Don't let the door hit you in the, you know, you know what? I, I think it's because, most fans of teams, let's just use the Dallas Cowboys because that's the team we're talking about. They want their team to win so badly. So they're they're looking at every move a front office could make that could help them get to a Super Bowl. And they might not feel like paying a running back at age 26, 27 is the wise thing to do. It it, it really agree. has nothing it has nothing to do with Zeke. I think 
you it's misplaced. It. Yeah, the, the anger is misplaced. It shouldn't be towards Zeke. And I think people, for the most part, understand that. It should be to the front office, right? Well, uh, you know, if you blame Zeke for the Cowboys letting Amari Cooper go to Cleveland, that's fine. That's, it's just wrong, though. It, I mean, that's fine if you're going to do that because technically his contract, I'm sure, played a massive role in that. Um, but, but Zeke didn't give himself that contract, right? No. It's no. the front office. Look, now, if you make the argument to me that Zeke partied a lot, maybe didn't take the best care of his body early in his career, he had some other things come up that were of his own doing, I'm not going to argue that. It just seems really weird that we're in an era where, you know, I asked you today, how many Cowboy fans do you think really care about DeMarco Murray? None. Yeah. Marco Murray ran for 1,800 yards in 2014. It's just a weird deal now where it's all about now and it's about your fantasy team. And, uh, you know, it just makes me wonder, like, uh, you know, so take Tony Pollard. I think Ezekiel Elliott the, them using them the way him the way they did allowed Tony Pollard to stay on the field and be healthy because they used Zeke as the hammer. They used uh, Zeke from the two yard line. They used Zeke to run the clock out. They ran Zeke when the defense knew that they wanted to run the ball, not Tony Pollard. And that protected Tony Pollard's career. And everyone wants to protect Tony Pollard because he's explosive and he can only handle so many touches. Well, that's great. So then what, in four years when Tony Pollard's not as good anymore, do we just like, oh, we don't care about Tony Pollard either? You I know, mean, that's what I'm saying. It's an odd I, flex. And I think I think you'll see a b- big pushback from a lot of people this year about Tony Pollard, right? He's being paid, I think it's $10.9 million on the franchise tag. He just signed it the other day. If he's not hitting explosive plays, you're going to see people start, hey, why did the Cowboys give him this much money? They should have given that money to somebody else. So I, I – I don't think it's necessarily just a Zeke thing. I think it's just this is how teams or this is how fans view how to build rosters. Do you think that there are things? So if we go away from this a little bit, and in, in all I'm trying to say here is that Ezekiel Elliott has had a sterling seven-year career for the Cowboys. Sterling. Mm-hmm. The guy led the NFL in rushing twice. Twice. It's the NFL rushing leader. I, I got a news flash here. Do you know how many rushing leaders there have been in the history of the NFL? 91. 91. That's, and that's not counting individual guys. I'm just saying there's been 91 seasons where they've kept track of individual rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Now, when you consider that guys like Jim Brown and Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson led the NFL in rushing multiple times, there's probably only been like 50 different guys that have led the NFL in rushing. And how many guys have led the NFL in rushing more than once? Now you're talking about a very small subset of guys, and Zeke's one of them, you know? And he did it for the same team, too. And it's just crazy how many people are just like, yeah, he's washed, he's done, you know, just but cut it, him. But that does <laughs> happen, though. Weird. Like, Maurice Jones Drew, right? I think he led the NFL in rushing in 2011. By yep. 2013, he was done. Yeah, so Maurice Jones-Drew actually taught me a little bit about this. So that's a great segue to a different point. When I was on the Power Ranking show with Maurice, uh, we, you know, MJD and I, he was like the foil. You know, we would argue all the time. And uh, we didn't we didn't create arguments. We really did disagree about a lot of stuff. But one of the things that he taught me is at the time, uh, one of the years we were doing that show, David Johnson's uh, numbers took a nosedive. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were wondering what's wrong with David Johnson. And you know what Maurice Jones drew said? He got, he got paid. paid. Yeah. That's what happened. And when I say that there's no data that running backs automatically start going bad at 26 or 28 years old or whatever, it seems odd to me. Don't, okay. Do we not, I'm going to lead you down a path here. Do we not hear that players are bigger, faster, stronger all the time now? Yes. We hear, right? So technically running backs should be bigger, faster, and stronger than they were in say, I don't know, 1984, right? Sure. Better athlete. Okay. Okay. Then how come Eric Dickerson was able to be a great running back into his thirties? How come Walter Payton was able to be a great running back into his thirties? How come Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and Marshall Falk, and I'll just name running back after running back after running back that's in the hall of fame. How come all these guys were able to do it, but now we don't think a running back can make it past 26 at an elite level. If these guys are better athletes now, shouldn't there be some back in the NFL right now that could still be really productive at 31? So my argument would be that I think we just have more good running backs now than ever, right? Because football has obviously exploded after the last 30 years. You have more people playing football than ever, right? So once a running back gets to the age of 25 and 26, and maybe they start to wear down a little bit physically, rather than paying that guy a ton of money, you can get somebody who is six years younger with less wear and tear on the tires. And yeah, maybe they're not as nuanced and maybe they don't know how to read, you know, the, the offensive line as well as they should. But if you can get him at a fraction of the price and get somebody who's maybe a tenth of a second faster or quicker, that's why you move on. Okay, I agree with half of your argument because half of your argument wasn't fair. You went to the financial part. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's not about the running back wearing right. down. It's about but, can I get a guy on a rookie deal that's a fourth round pick that gives me close to the same level right. of production? And that's, that's a different the, argument. Right. Do I think? Do I think if running backs were scarce that Z could still play for another three or four years and give you solid production averaging three, even, you know, 3.8 yards a carry. Sure. But it just doesn't make sense to have that guy on your roster anymore. So I think the reason why this happens with running backs is threefold. One, uh, a lot of these guys, even though running backs aren't paid huge money, they make a lot more money than the guy, say, in 1984 did. So they don't need to go through the pounding that they used to go through, which I think is what MJD was referring to with David Johnson. Uh, number two, uh, the scheme of the the running games now, it's one cut and go for so many teams. Yep. And when you are getting almost all of your handoffs out of a shotgun formation, you need to be able to explode from the get-go. See, it used to be that the running game was often done out of the dot or the power eye, which gave you a little bit of a running. As the quarterback pulled from the center, you were running forward. You got a little bit of a a running head start. You didn't need the instant burst like you need now. Um, And teams were more committed to running the football, especially at the end of games uh, back even 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And having a patient running back that could – could be a bell cow that could run 25 times a game was at a premium. Now everything is, there's so many sub packages with the predication all being on speed, 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 speed over skill. I would argue speed over skill. Right. And we can track how speed decreases over time, right? Thanks to like next gen stats, you can see, Hey, what's the top end speed of a running back 
in the last four years. And like for Zeke, it pretty clearly declined. So if that's the most important thing to you, it makes sense why you should move on. It's why I think like I think Tampa Bay decided to move on from Leonard Fournette as well. Like Fournette early in his career with Jacksonville was 250 pounds and could run a 4-5. He obviously doesn't have that speed anymore. So what's the value in that running back? But again, that's a different argument than saying that they're washed or they can't take the pounding. They take a beating. It's not that they can't take a pounding or that they take a beating. It's that any decrease in acceleration from zero to 10 yards is bad at that position because the nature of how offenses are played strategically out of the shotgun now. Yes. Okay. And that is a different argument. You know, if you're an NBA team and your, your premium is all on whether a guy could shoot a three point shot, even if a guy uh, can't jump as high anymore, but he's a great three-point shooter. He's got a spot on your team. It's just strate- uh, strategically how teams are playing right now. And by the way, I don't think strategically the way teams are playing now and using their running back is smart. I don't. Because I see we see so many comebacks now. And, you, and I know what the typical argument is. Well, that's because the quarterback plays so good. Marcus, was the quarterback playing the NFL good last year? No. Comparatively, no, it wasn't. It's because teams can't run the clock down. They can't do it. You are also you're just seeing teams be more efficient in passing the ball, though. Even the quarterback play was down. You're still seeing teams throw the ball more than ever and be more efficient, so you can have more comebacks. Like because if you watch a game in the '90s, right, these teams they could throw the ball, but they just weren't throwing the ball 40 or 50 times a game. So when you got into a yeah. situation where you needed to score twice in four minutes, they weren't really equipped to do that. They might have had one or two receivers. Now teams, if you don't have three good weapons in your passing game, your offense is pretty limited. All I'm trying to point out is the absurdity of the argument that these running backs just take a beating and they're washed. They don't carry the ball as much as they used to per game. And they're not carrying the balls late in their career. So if you compare the workload of Ezekiel Elliott to the workload of like Walter Payton, it's not close. You know, it's it. You nailed it, though. It's a speed. Right. That's and you it's, can you can watch the Ezekiel Elliott's highlights from 2016 and notice there's a significant difference in speed. Right. So yeah, some some running backs like okay, I remember Eric Dickerson in like 1988 89 with the Colts was not the same as 1983 Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson in 83 and 84 ran for 1800 yards and then 2100 yards. By the way, 2100 yards rushing is still the NFL record. Mm-hmm. In 88, he ran for like 1659 or something like that. He didn't have as many, you know, track runs, but that's still a great year. The Colts still had a winning record. It's the NFL wants fresh legs in there all the time, all the time, which means faster legs. And they want their running backs to one cut and go. You don't see as many slow developing run plays anymore either. How many sweeps do you see in the NFL? How many counter and trap plays do you see not nearly as many as you used to um the cowboys uh, bread and butter play with emmett smith was called the lead draw you don't even see those really anymore so um i just think it's not that these guys don't have skill anymore it's not that they quote oh they just take such a pounding at the running back position no they don't they don't carry the ball as much as the older guys did and what makes it so ridiculous is Every single broadcast, you hear broadcasters say, oh, the players are just bigger, faster, stronger now. 
what they're so much bigger, faster, stronger than how come running backs are getting washed at 26 and they weren't back in the eighties. If they're elite, more elite athletes, they should be able to put up the numbers that Earl well, Campbell did, or Tony I think I mean, did, or, it's just know? the speed and there's more speed available, right? You have, I mean, go to the draft on now. the cheap. We, well, we got to qualify that on the cheap. Yes, definitely. But I also like, you look at like the combine now, if you'd run a four five, I mean, you're just uh, four five five is considered slow for a running back. Yeah. And you look at like this year's class, there's like 15 running backs that are running a four, four, five or faster. It's just what you need to be to be a starting NFL running back. So if you, if you see any kind of decline in speed at all, we're going to replace you for somebody who's faster. Um, and you either have to evolve your game, you know, slim down. And I think this is where Zeke made a mistake, right? You go look at Zeke in 2016. He was slim. He was trim. And now you look at what he was like in 2020, 2021, 2022. He bulked up. And that was probably a bad thing. He probably should have slimmed down as he got older to keep some of that quickness and some of that juice. Isn't there something to be said, though, that maybe the coaches are wrong? And that oh, the coach is wrong it, all the time. It, or that, that football is wrong. In other words, can we agree that football strategy sometimes is wrong and it does evolve because it is wrong? For example, they used to not kneel down at the end of the game. They'd literally run running plays with one second left hmm. until that got proven to be a really bad idea when you had a fumbled exchange. You know, the mm-hmm. miracle at the Meadowlands, right? Surely you've seen that play. I remember, yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish in 2019 that the Titans would have beaten the Chiefs in the AFC Championship um, because I think it would have been really great if the Titans won the Super Bowl running Derrick Henry the way they did. Um, this idea of this is what running backs are and they get washed at 26 because they can't take the pounding, it's all a bunch of crap. It's total crap. It's not accurate at all. You think about it, a guy comes in the league at 21 or 22 and he's great until 25 or 6. That's not that many carries. All right, so let me, let me ask you like with Le'Veon Bell. Because Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. did play until I think he was 29 or whatever. But how did somebody like Le'Veon Bell, who wasn't – his game was not based off speed, right? How did mm-hmm. he go from a 2,000-yard back to going to the Jets and basically being somebody who at that point he averaged 3.2 yards per carry – on 311 touches with the Jets? I think there's a couple of reasons for him in particular. Um, It's very difficult to take a year off of the NFL game and then come back. Um, It's happened with players that that used to hold out for an entire year. We don't see that as much anymore. Um, I could think of a guy named Gary Anderson that played for the Chargers, took a year off and went to the Bucs, and he was not the same player his last year with the chargers gary anderson in 1988 caught a lot of balls ran for over a thousand yards takes 1989 off 1990 with the bucks i think he was a 600 yard back you can look that up i see you on your computer you could verify if i'm wrong on that that was i was uh, i was trying to find another running back who took a year off but please go ahead john riggins john riggins took the year off in 1980 he went from an 1100 yard back to a 700 yard back um then he went to the Jets. Le'Veon Bell went to the Jets. That had no quarterback, couldn't threaten you down the field, and offensive line was shaky at best. I think that hurt as well. Not to mention, uh, did you really like the way the Jets were coached? No. Then no, no. But in, right, it, the Jets team wasn't good. So that's all fair. But you remember, he actually got cut in 2020. Again, he's 27 years old. Goes to Kansas City, 
and he can't even play for the Chiefs. Like this yeah. is somebody we're talking about as a, I mean, it was the consensus best running back in the league in 2017. Two years later, he's almost unplayable. Yeah, and it, it's very, very possible uh, too that attitude had something to do with all that because I, I know there were some things that happened with Le'Veon Bell that people questioned his attitude um, and him sitting out a year didn't it didn't look good. I I don't know that I agree with that. Um, all I'm trying to say is I know all these running backs, Marcus, that had great careers into their early 30s. Okay, Curtis Martin led the NFL in rushing in 2004. Um, you know, in his 10th year in the league, you know, I just don't think that it's accurate that these guys, if they're such superior athletes and they're better athletes than Curtis Martin is, which is what we're told, then how come Curtis Martin could run for 1600 yards in year 10 and these super elite athletes who are supposedly better athletes than Curtis Martin can't get past the age of 26. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. It's gotta be one or the other, you know, either the running backs today just can't take it. Or, or there's something else going on. In my mind, it's that, that teams are all too willing to get a fourth-round running back on the cheap and play a lesser guy. Teams value speed over the, everything else because the scheme of the running game are mostly quick-developing plays, not, not slow-developing plays. They just want one cut and go. They don't really care about the craft of running the ball. Like the Marshawn Lynches would not make it today. The jump cut kind of Marshawn Lynch player. I, I couldn't even see a guy like that playing in the NFL today. I really can't. So let me ask you, just to go back to Zeke specifically. Do you think the Cowboys made a mistake by releasing Zeke this offseason? I don't. I don't. Because I think for the money that that you know he was getting paid, he wasn't worth it. With Zeke, what I find troubling is that two things. One, this idea like, oh, he's washed. Like I hear that about every single running back that's in their late 20s now. And it's just kind of dumb to me because I don't think they're washed. I think they're only washed in the style of football that's being played right now, which doesn't have much to do with being washed, as much to do with not being able to fit in to this the athletic and economic structure of the game now. Secondly, I don't really love all the people that kind of just seem like, yeah, Zeke's a bad contract for the Cowboys. Get rid of him. And it's like, you know, this is a human being. This is a, this is not a number on a page. This is actually a person, a player. And it's somebody that played his heart out for the team. And it's a guy that, I mean, when I was at the NFL, I had to hear about Dak and Zeke so much. You could scream. Now these same people who bought Zeke Elliott jerseys, who literally loved the guy now are all too ready for him to, you know, see you later. Good riddance for Tony Pollard. And in two years, they're not going to give a crap about Tony Pollard either. And they don't give yeah, a crap it, about DeMarco Murray and they don't but, give a crap about Julius Jones. It's weird. That might just be, I mean, I, I think this happens with any position though, right? Like chiefs fans two years ago thought Tyreek Hill was the best receiver in football. He gets traded now it's, hey, look at Kadarius Tony. We're excited about Tony and Sky Moore. We don't need receivers, right? I think this is just what happens in the NFL now. Well, I think so much of the NFL is now, now, now. Uh, like, I don't think anyone gives a crap the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a month ago. I don't. I mean, they're already on to who's going to win this year, the draft. And a lot of that has to do with fantasy as well. It's about who's helping my fantasy team right now. They don't really care about the legacy of players or anything. I told you, if you, if you take the average – 
bandwidth of a football fan right now, let's say it's five hours a week. They're probably spending two hours looking at mock drafts, probably two hours listening to a football podcast, and maybe an hour just kind of reading general like news that shows up on their phone or whatever. The average five-hour bandwidth of like when I was a kid in March, we, we didn't care about the draft. I mean, we you know, we might care when our sports anchor at night told us who the team might draft, but we read the backs of our football cards. We watched NFL films. There just seemed to be more of a, an appreciation of a player's legacy with the team. But because of the nature of the, the players switching teams so much now, uh, the nature of the draft is so much more important now than it used to be. Even when you were a kid, wouldn't you agree? Because you're trying to get guys on their rookie deals. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to sit a first, a second, or third round pick for three years as a backup. No, you can't. You, you, you can't, can't do it. So I get it. I'm not hating on it. I'm more just hating on like in the people that were laughing about Ezekiel Elliott's last play as a cowboy, you know, where he got blown up at center on that trick play. And it's like, man, just a couple of years ago, you guys thought this was the greatest dudes and sliced bread and should be MVP of the league. And now it's like good riddance. It just, it's an odd flex to me. That's all. I will say, I think it depends on the team and the player because every team has some guys that are, lifers right like for example the seahawks re-signed bobby wagner on friday uh and that was a big move and seahawks fans welcomed him back with open arms mm-hmm. they didn't want they didn't want him to leave to begin right. with they weren't dunk, dunking on bobby wagner leaving to go to the rams right i do think it depends a little bit on the player and i think ezekiel elliott for as great as he was early in his career still a little bit controversial from Cowboys drafting him at number four, right? Drafting him mm-hmm. over other guys. Not his fault. Not his, again. Not that part's certainly not his fault. The contract's not his fault. Some of the other th- stuff that we don't have to get into about early Zeke's career maybe made him yes, not as agreed. popular as he should have been. Uh, but I think in a case like Bobby Wagner, there's there's nothing like that. To you know, he was a second round pick who played hard all the time and never missed games. How can you not love that guy? Okay, so I'll, this will be my last point about this. I'll get off my high horse here. Uh, I'll concede this discussion to you. I think most of our listeners would agree with you on this. I just, you know, it, it, it's just weird to me. Uh, but let's take Bobby Wagner. I think it's a great example. Is Bobby Wagner as fast as he was in 2012? No, there's no, no. no question about it. So why is Bobby Wagner so good last year? He's not as, he's not as fast, just like a running back. He's washed. I don't think he's washed, but he's pretty clearly not the same player, right? That's even the market kind of dictated that, right? You, but you he go was still from, really good. Yeah, he was very good. Yes. Didn't he grade out the highest on PFF among mm-hmm. off the ball backers? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what that tells you is if you play certain positions, there's an allowance in the league for your football IQ to take over where some of your speed has waned and still have value to a team. Running back is not that, not because these guys are washed, but because the way coaches are choosing to approach the game right here, right now in 2023, this may not be the case in 2028 is what I'm saying, but because every team runs this stupid out of the shotgun, we're out of the shotgun all the time and all these one cut and go type of running plays. I say stupid because it gets kind of boring sometimes, you know? It's kind of nice to watch a team approach things differently. I like why that's why I like watching the 49ers play and the Titans play. It's just nice to see. I just don't think that 
if you put a running back in Bobby Wagner's situation, the running back is washed and Bobby Wagner isn't. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Sure. Because of the position they play. Yes. I will also say for Bobby Wagner, the Rams had to do some really creative things with Wagner. And they did it because he's still, he can be a really useful player if you put him in the right situation. I think this is what you're getting at. But at this stage of Wagner's career, you can't line him up in the slot to cover a running back. You don't want him running sideline to sideline to cover. You don't want him taking on guards. And that's why they had to play Greg Gaines, who was like a 350 pound nose tackle alongside. To protect them, yep. right? Yep. You'll make those adjustments for an all-time great. Let me all-time great for a, you know, an all-pro linebacker like Bobby Wagner. I don't know if you do that for somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, who the last three years was kind of a shell of himself compared to what he was the previous three seasons. Don't you think that if Bobby Wagner got cut the way Zeke did, okay? Which, by the way, Seattle let. Bobby Wagner go mm-hmm. last year uh, in the off season. And it was very unceremonious. Mm-hmm. He even had a tweet out like, man, I've been there with him for 10 years. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And no, nothing. Do you notice the difference in the way people treated Bobby Wagner? Did, he, did you hear anyone saying, Oh man, the Seahawks got to cut Bobby Wagner. Boy, he's a, he's washed. He's a waste the way they do Zeke. What is it about running backs that we talk about them that way? But when an older linebacker gets cut or an older, what if Harrison Smith were to get cut? We wouldn't talk about them that way. We wouldn't say other washed or good riddance or whatever. It's, it's totally position specific. Do you think it's because it's easier to determine like using box scores, who is starting to decline or with, if you're watching linebackers, like it's, it just takes a lot more film study, right? Because a linebacker can have 170 tackles and still not be good. Right. But if you have 1600 rushing yards, it's not like you can really fake that. You know what I mean? I mean, you can be a little bit inefficient, but you're probably not putting up 1600 yards if you're a bad running back. I think it's because when a quarterback or a wide receiver, so if you take like we use Julio Jones, we take Roddy White's last year with the Falcons, clearly not as good, but you can. You can make all sorts of excuses. You could say, yeah, the quarterback didn't play well or the receiver got banged up a little bit or in Matt Ryan's case last year, you know, people could say, well, the Colts offensive line didn't play as well and Jonathan Taylor got hurt. But when a running back's numbers start to fade, they get hammered that we have to hear the same old tired, stupid narrative that's just not totally true. And we don't ever think that, hey, maybe – and I told you this many times last year, there's a big difference. If you look at the down and distance of when Zeke was getting the football, when Tony Pollard was big difference. Mm-hmm. And um, I also think no one plays Harrison Smith and Bobby Wagner in fantasy, unless you're playing an IDP league, you don't play those guys. Well, and it's just, it's but, really hard to judge, you know, to watch those positions because you don't know their assignments. You don't know what they're supposed to be doing, but for running back, it is a little easier to tell if a guy is declining or not. Right, right. But here's where I think a lot of this stuff comes from is in running backs are so valued in fantasy in 2020 or 2021, people spent really high draft picks in fantasy on Ezekiel Elliott, didn't they? Sure. I mean, what pick was Ezekiel Elliott in 2020 coming off of his 2019 season? I uh, bet you he was a top six pick still. Yeah, you bet. So then when he gives you production, that's less than you're like, oh, he stinks. He's washed. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. because the people that are paying attention to these numbers and the decline are people that play fantasy. And, and I'm not indicting fantasy. I'm just saying 
it causes people to really hammer the running back position where they wouldn't do that with the safety or a tackle or why doesn't anyone say Tyron Smith's washed and he should be released? They don't do they? No. I mean, you, I think you hear it a little bit more. You can't even stay on the field. I know. I know. Why does anyone say, Oh man, you know, tackles. I mean, they can't play past 28. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I think it's because you do have a really long history of these tackles playing like well into their thirties and still putting up, you know, awesome seasons. And like Trent, Trent Williams is the perfect example, right? I think he's actually gotten even better as he's gotten older. It just doesn't happen very frequently for running backs. Like I said, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Eric Dickerson, uh, you know, just, just go on down the line. Curtis Martin, Jerome Bettis, Marshall Falk, all these guys. Uh, played into their 30s and played at a high level. Remember, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, even uh, when the Jets picked him up, everyone was saying he was done after his last year with the Chargers. LaDainian Tomlinson was awesome for the Jets in 2010. Now, they didn't yeah. use him all the time. I think he ended up having about 900 yards rushing. Um, Ricky Williams is another guy people thought were to- was totally done, and Miami signed him, remember? And I didn't mm-hmm. he have 1,000 yards for Miami? <laughs> like in his yep. 10th year or something? You know, uh, I Edger just, James for the Cardinals. Oh, wait, that's a bad example. Never mind. <laughs> all right. You see, I'm joking. I love Edge. One of my favorite running backs of all time. I'm just saying, I'm so tired of hearing running backs are not washed. It's the way they're used. Maybe they don't want to take the pounding anymore. So they don't play as hard. There is that possibility. Teams know they can get somebody lesser than on the cheap. But you can't, out of both sides of your mouth, talk about how the athletes are so much better now, except for the running backs. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, as much as I love Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and Walter Payton, I don't think they were better athletes than the guys playing running back right now. So what's the I will say, you you mentioned bigger, faster, stronger. I don't think that bigger is true, right? We've seen... I think the heaviest running back at the NFL combine this year was 227 pounds. Yeah. That used to be like the average, right? Like if you were, if you almost had to be over 220 to be drafted by some teams. And if you were sub 220 pounds, you were thought of as like a change of pace running back. But now I kind of think like the ideal body type for running back is like 5'11, 210. And you don't yeah. really want to get much heavier than that. How, how, how much does Micah Parson weigh? 2'42. 242 and Micah Parsons sometimes basically lines up as pass rushing defensive end. You think defensive ends in 1994 were 242 pounds. I can guarantee you defensive ends in 94, were about 290. Uh, you had occasional no, guys that were but 270, but they're also not running four three nines either. Right. So everything right now is predicated everything on speed, sub yes. packages, speed, less plays, and that's just the way they're doing things in football right now. That doesn't mean it's better. And it doesn't mean that it's uh, it, it signals more winning. It's just the way teams copy each other. You know, that's what I'm saying. It would be really interesting if the Titans would have beaten the Chiefs in 2019. You know, um, Anyway, okay, that's it. I'm done. My rant's over. Uh, <laughs> 40 minutes in. I just had to say this, you know, like we don't have to put Zeke in the ring of honor. He doesn't, he's not going to the hall of fame and yes, he made a lot of money, but my gosh, you know, it just seems like, as you said, it's misguided to 
blame the blame management. You know, yes, if you don't like blame. his contract and you think it hurt yes. the team, blame management. But uh, that's all I got. I'll give you the final word on this. I, I hope you're right. That's not all based on speed because I think you are. It, it's it is gets to be a little bit boring where that's the only thing that matters because I I do like watching players that are all different shapes and sizes and I want. I want the Gilbert Browns to come back. They just have the massive shoulder pads and that are six foot two and 500 pounds. It'd be fun to have some, some different type of guys in the NFL. I lied. I've got one more question for you. (laughs) Name me more than say one running back in the NFL that has a really unique style of running. Really unique. Le'Veon Bell had probably the most unique style of running. Um, He's gone. Arian Foster did too. Gone. Barry Sanders did. Gone. Eric Dickerson did. Gone. Marshawn Lynch did. Gone. Tell me a running back right now. They all look the same. It's it's because of the style. It's Derek Henry. I think they the differ a little bit, but in, for the most part, yeah, it is a lot of one cut and go. Um, I mean, Christian I agree. Chubb's the best. Maybe McCaffrey. Maybe, but what's really McCaffrey's move? Is it a spin move? I think it's more just to being able to be flexed out and stuff. But as t- in terms of a, as like a runner, yeah, they all run the same. I would say Derrick Henry is the, the only one that's a little different because I just have never seen a guy that's 250 pounds that can build speed like he can. Right. And so if we just go back to the late 90s, Emmett looked totally different than Barry. Barry looked totally different than Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis ran totally different than Marshall Falk. These guys were so different from one another. And as you said, it gets a little bit boring when it's all just kind of the same style, just who's a little bit better at that style than others. And right now I would say, I would say Nick Chubb is the best. I would agree. He uh, and Jacoby way, Eason. <laughs> Nick Chubb can be had via trade right now for like a third or fourth round pick Cleveland shopping him a little bit. Uh, yeah. Trying to get off that contract. Yeah. You know why they're trying to get off that contract? Can I tell you? Cause he's uh, washed. No, it's because he traded for Amari Cooper. No, it's because <laughs> he's washed. Good riddance. You know? Uh, See you later. All right. Look, like I said, sorry about the rant. But it's fine. It's March. This conversation needed to be had. I had to get this off my football chest. Um, Marcus says that if we would have done a podcast on the top five landing spots for Lamar Jackson, it would have done better. Uh, than this one, so you, maybe we already you did that. Let me know. Go, we did a top eight landing spots for Lamar Jackson yeah. just a little bit ago. And if you're looking forward to the Super Bowl, we just did our Super Bowl podcast uh, odds yeah. uh, last week. So check that. But out. I think every other podcast right now, we should do Lamar Jackson's top landing spots, and then the second one, does Aaron Rodgers make the Jets better? You know, because those aren't being done out there at all. No, you know? not at all. Yeah. Anyway. All right, uh, that's it for us today. We uh, we appreciate you listening to this uh, banter and uh, feel free to let Marcus know that he's wrong and that I am right on this. Uh, Marcus hosts Locked On Cowboys where you can hear all about Good Riddance Zeke. Uh, they have an episode dedicated to it once a week. <laughs> that's not true, but kind of true. And uh, also he covers the Raiders for USA Today where he is also not doing puff pieces on Jimmy G being no. a great fit. And he also writes for PFF. Dot com. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.